Barefooting with Sierra uses Buzzsprout. Just start with the equipment you already have and a quiet space. Add Buzzsprout and your podcast is ready to go. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to show how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support the show. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world. Hello and welcome to the 45th episode of Barefooting with Sierra. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional land, gathering place, and traveling route of the Cree, Anishinaabe, Blackfoot, Dene, Nakota Sioux, Métis, and others for time immemorial. My name is Sierra Larson, better known as Barefoot Sierra. I'm a novelist, comic creator, and independent journalist, and I've been living without shoes since 2010. I alternate between using she, her, and they, them pronouns. I created this podcast to keep my audiences in touch with all of my projects, to talk about things I care about, and to interact with the awesome people in my various professional networks. In this episode, I interviewed Heather McKenzie, who is running for Edmonton Centre Member of Parliament seat. I'm going to break this podcast up into four parts. Novels, comics, journalism, and barefooting, each representing a different aspect of my professional life. I'll give you updates on what I'm working on, let you know about any new works you can see, and keep you in the know about when I do free book giveaways on Amazon. Let's get started. First up, novels. In novel news, Hub City Press, a publishing house specializing in Southern fiction, announced that Kevin Wilson will judge their 2022 C. Michael Curtis Short Storybook Prize. Kevin Wilson is the author of two short story collections, Tunneling to the Center of Earth and Baby You're Gonna Be Mine, as well as three novels, The Family Fang, Perfect Little World, and Nothing to See Here. The prize is open to emerging authors currently living in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, or West Virginia, and have no more than one previously published book. For more information, visit hubcity.org. Airdrie, Alberta resident Elizabeth Gordanier has made her authorial debut with Family Love and Betrayal, a historical fiction novel about a Dutch woman named Helga in Nazi-occupied Netherlands during the Second World War. It is the first in a trilogy that Gordanier plans to release. Family Love and Betrayal is available on Amazon and at the Airdrie Public Library. And now for comics. In comic news, comic conventions are slowly coming back now that most adults in the U.S. and Canada have received both doses of their COVID vaccination. Here's a list of upcoming conventions. The weekend of September 10th through 12th is a big one. Rose City Comic Con in Portland, Oregon. Ottawa Comic Con. Florida Supercon in Miami Beach. And Calgary Expo are all happening that weekend. The following weekend, September 16th through 18th, is FanX Salt Lake. FanX Dallas is scheduled for September 17th through 19th. Central Alberta Fan Fest, which I'm holding a panel at, is happening online September 27th through October 2nd. Find out more at pinocalibrary.com. Edmonton Expo is scheduled for October 1st through 3rd. WasabiCon in Jacksonville, Florida is scheduled for October 16th and 17th. Fanboy Expo in Knoxville, Tennessee is scheduled for October 29th and 30th. Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, or C2E2, is scheduled for December 10th through 12th. And there are so many others that are coming back. Those are just a few of my favorites that I like to keep an eye on. 
If you Google comic conventions or fan expos, you'll find a list. Then you can look for ones near you. It's going to be great to get back to normal. I'm not sure if I'm going to be going to any bigger conventions this year, like Fanex, Salt Lake, or the Calgary and Edmonton Expos like I used to do pre-pandemic. But there's tons of small ones too. And those have such an intimate feel. You don't get to interact with people in the same way at the big conventions that you do at the small ones. If you're going to any conventions this fall, send me an email or hit me up on social media and tell me about them. Listen up, everybody, because you are not going to want to miss this. Naveo Photo Journals has an exclusive offer for my listeners. With back to school, COVID still going on, and all the regular everyday craziness in the world, Naveo has come up with the perfect solution for sharing photos with faraway family members. Just download their app, add your photos, and tell them where to send it. At the end of the month, Naveo prints and ships your photo book to whoever you ask them to. Your parents in another country, or your brother off at university, or your grandparents you haven't seen before the pandemic, it's up to you. And with this exclusive offer, you can get your first two months absolutely free. Just use discount code BAREFOOT. That's B-A-R-E-F-O-O-T, all capital letters, in the Naveo app. My grandparents love their Naveo photo books, and your relatives will too. All right, next up is journalism. I watched the 48 Hours special with Chad Daybell's kids. That was shocking. I highly recommend watching it if you're interested in the J.J. Vallow and Tylee Ryan case. And now for my interview with Heather McKenzie. Hi, Heather. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. Please tell us a little about yourself, where you're from, and what prompted you to run for Member of Parliament representing Edmonton Centre. Well, good morning. My name is Heather McKenzie. I'm the NDP candidate for Edmonton Centre, and I'm from Blatchford currently in the middle of the riding. I actually uh, have lived and worked in Edmonton Centre for over 12 years now, uh, in Queen Mary Park first, then in Oliver, and most recently in Blatchford, where the old municipal airport used to be. Uh, What prompted me to run for office here? Uh, A few different things, obviously. One, uh, we need to make sure that uh, our member of parliament shares our values. And currently we are represented by a conservative who who I do not believe uh, shares the Edmonton Centre values uh, for a strong uh, public health care, you know, strong education system, uh, all that uh, good stuff that I know my neighbours care deeply about. Uh, and of course, the other is just a, a desire to serve my neighbors. I actually served on the Edmonton Public School Board and really appreciated the opportunity to uh, serve my community in that manner. Uh, more recently, I've been working as the executive director of a renewable energy society, and I've also appreciated the opportunity to serve Alberta in that manner. And, uh, and now I would love to, to serve my neighbors in Ottawa and make sure that they're well represented there. Fantastic. And other than the obvious being that the party most closely aligns with your personal views, why did you choose to run as a new Democrat? As a new Democrat? Uh, I mean, I guess that goes way back to when I was on the school board. I, I used to be one of these nonpartisan folks who, you know, didn't really affiliate with any party. Uh, then I met Sarah Hoffman. And I always say, once you've met MLA Sarah Hoffman, <laughs> There's no going back. She's extremely convincing. And, uh, you know, she basically just explained to me, you know, well, you know, you obviously share our values. She talked me through a lot of the policies and platforms of the NDP. Uh, And as I worked together with her on the school and we were an incredible uh, tag team on the school board, actually, uh, making sure to keep our mature neighborhood schools open 
uh, when the board had previously been closing them, I did realize we were very strongly aligned. And so, you know, I have a deep desire to make sure that uh, Sarah Hoffman, Rachel Notley, and all, all the other four NDP MLAs actually from Edmonton Centre riding uh, are well supported by their member of parliament in Ottawa and that we have a, a great, uh, you know, joint advocacy effort on behalf of our, nefer- our neighbours. Sorry. So let's talk about some of your campaign issues. We'll start with affordable housing. Edmonton Centre has an overwhelming homeless population. Um, We do have plenty of of wealthy individuals in this area, but we also have a lot of low-income individuals as well. So how will you advocate for this low-income and homeless population if you are elected? Well, I actually have a long history of advocating for affordable housing. I did run my own business for uh, a few years there. And during that time, I was uh, serving as a government relations professional for a right at home housing society. Uh, We worked together for actually three years uh, and were able to secure over 15 million dollars for affordable housing here in Edmonton uh, to serve uh, a variety of populations, including refugees, including indigenous uh, families and especially women and children. And so, yeah, I have a long history of, of work in that area. There's uh, one build in Edmonton Centre in particular I'm very proud of. There's a net zero row housing uh, development that we were able to, uh, to acquire uh, support for uh, in North Glenora. And it's just a pride and joy of many in that community and has really contributed to the, the vibrancy of that neighbourhood. Uh, all, all the many children there, I know, uh, through that affordable housing development, uh, they were able to... Um, actually field some some very full and wonderful soccer teams over the past few years. So uh, I've been reading and, and following that closely. So of course, the NDP are very strong on affordable housing. That's that's one of the reasons that I've decided to run with them. Uh, but we're, we're interested in, in that from uh, different angles. One, of course, is around the homelessness piece, making sure folks are well supported and, and well served. So, you know, making sure that there are services on site uh, within affordable housing builds for those who need it, Uh, but also making sure that it's more affordable for new time home, uh, first time home buyers. I think uh, a lot of us are finding it's a, it's really expensive to purchase housing in Edmonton and and across the country. And so I was really pleased to see our platform includes a 20% tax for foreign home buyers. And so what that will do is, uh, is a few different things. First of all, uh, it will reduce the number of homes that are just sitting unoccupied in Canada. Uh, you know, we all see those empty houses and we wonder why, why do we have empty houses? Well, there are people without homes, right? It'll reduce the inflation that we're seeing on housing uh, in Canada. If we don't have uh, so many people uh, investing in housing here that they're not planning to live in. And then, of course, it'll create a bit of revenue, uh, you know, and I think it's important when you're looking at uh, rolling out more affordable housing across the province. Uh, there are some costs associated with that and you need to generate some revenue to pay for it. So having a 20 percent foreign uh, investor, you know, home buyer uh, tax, I think, is a great way to start plugging some funds and resources into making sure that, that everybody has their their right to housing. Another one of your campaign platforms is healthcare. We already have a public healthcare system in Canada. So why is healthcare still an important issue for us? Yeah, so when it comes to healthcare, obviously our healthcare system here in Alberta is under threat right now. Uh, we see Jason Kenney making cuts, uh, you know, telling nurses they need a rollback in their salaries uh, after the 
the horrible hellish year they've been through a year and a half now. And, and uh, so I think people are, are, are seeing that, uh, that his cuts are having deep and horrible impacts here in Edmonton center. I just saw this morning in the news, the Royal Alex is, is set to close two more operating beds. They already had, I think it was over 18 closed ER beds. Uh, we're just seeing bed closures due to understaffing. Uh, and that understaffing is being caused by a variety of things such as, you know, the government of Alberta not hiring enough staff or not paying for enough staff and also burnout, right? Because they're not being treated well. And through COVID, people need a lot of extra support and they're actually getting the opposite from our government here in Alberta. So the federal government has a few different roles to play there. One is, of course, making sure we have public health champions in Ottawa uh, to sort of counteract uh, these local cuts and making sure that there are strong advocates there. Uh, Obviously, we have to make sure the health transfers are adequate. Uh, We saw that the Conservatives made significant cuts federally to health transfers, and Justin Trudeau has not improved upon those cuts. And so, of course, the NDP government would want to put more money into health care. And I think that that will bolster the system. But additionally, we would like to go beyond that. So there are three particular areas where an NDP government would uh, would actually excel or surpass our current public health care system. So what we would like to see, of course, the Liberals love to promise this, but they never follow through, is uh, a strong pharmacare program. That means pharmaceutical drugs would be included in our health care system instead of people having to pay out of pocket or have private insurance to cover that. Uh, we'd also like to see dental care included in our public health system. I have my, you know, my grandfather was a dentist, my uncle's a dentist. I know the, the importance of uh, dental care. It can't be treated as a, a side gig. <laughs> if, you're, if your mouth's not in good shape, you're not in good shape. And so, so obviously, I think most Albertans are on side and realize that dental care should not be uh, treated as a, as a bonus sort of alternative system. Uh, And thirdly, of course, mental health right now is kind of like, oh, we care about mental health. Let's throw a little money at that. Right. But it also isn't included in our system, our public health care system. You know, our mind is a part of our body and they should all be respected and treated, uh, treated the same within our public health system. Uh, We want to make sure that that we have a much more robust public health care system here in Alberta, in addition to protecting that which we already have and is under threat currently. Absolutely. So, so important. And what about our climate emergency? How do you plan to tackle that? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I actually, as I mentioned at the outset, I do spend my days on climate. I, I'm, a, I'm the executive director of a renewable energy society. I am on a leave of absence right now uh, for the campaign, uh, unpaid, I should say. I think it's important that uh, elected officials make sure that they're not uh, you know, <laughs> or or those of us running for office should make sure that we're not in a conflict uh, while we're doing so. Uh, but ultimately, you know, when I'm not campaigning, I do spend my days on climate change, on climate action, uh, on renewables and promoting renewable energy. Uh, so that's a, a, a very big uh, point of interest for me. I think everybody this summer has been thinking hard about climate change. I hear that a lot at the doors, you know, whether we're sitting in the smoke from northern B.C., we're sitting in the smoke from uh, uh, northern Saskatchewan, uh, or whether we're actually sitting in our own heat wave, uh, because everybody's, uh, you know, struggling with the effects of climate change right now. And we're seeing how it's accelerating, um, you know, the the pace of, of change here, and we can't keep up. So everybody's got climate change on the mind. And I'm really proud to be running with a party that that does want to go further and faster than ever before on addressing it. 
Um, of course, we had Jagmeet Singh here in town uh, just this past month uh, for two reasons. Uh, most recently, he came to show solidarity with our nurses and to, you know, uh, mention that, of course, the federal NDP are, are there for those who are, have a strong interest in public health care. Um, but prior to that, he came a few weeks before the election kicked off uh, to talk about jobs and green jobs. And I think everybody in Alberta knows that there's no way we can accelerate our uh, climate action without making sure that there are wonderful, you know, jobs for folks to transition into as our economy diversifies. And so Jamie Singh was here talking very much about that, that topic, you know, about the need for green jobs. Uh, in my day job, I hear from oil workers all the time. They can't seem to figure out how to transition because it's not affordable for them. Uh, they're struggling with retraining, the cost of retraining, also the cost of putting work on hold while they retrain. These are issues that the NDP understand very deeply. We are a worker-focused party. We understand the challenges of transitioning uh, both an economy, but also all of the families within that economy. And so our, our plan is very strong. We want to make sure we're getting rid of uh, some of the, the large corporate subsidies that are currently going to shareholders and CEOs. And we want to take that money and invest it in the workers and the people so that as we diversify, as our economy shifts, we're not leaving anyone behind. So I think we have a very strong climate platform uh, that is worker oriented and focused on that, uh, accelerating that transition to a green economy. Fantastic. So important. Um, What have you personally done to implement the truth and reconciliation calls to action? Well, personally, uh, yeah, that's a that's a very important point. Actually, the first day on the campaign, uh, as our as our platform was released, uh, I'll tell you what I did. I woke up in the morning, I saw our platform was released, and I immediately went to uh, you know Indigenous rights and that section because uh, that was the the number one thought on my mind is you know are we respecting Indigenous voices? And sure enough, we were. And I I wasn't surprised. I've heard that from Jagmeet Singh. I've heard that from you know MP Heather McPherson. A, a deep respect and understanding that, you know, Indigenous sovereignty must be respected and we must not try and put words in others' mouths. So I was actually delighted to see that our commitments, our platform when it comes to Indigenous rights, you know, they weren't, uh, they weren't drafted by us. They were from the TRC, right? They're, they're, it's, <laughs> people have actually, you know, Indigenous people have actually said, these are the steps we need to take to, uh, you know, actually reconcile. And of course, to date, very few of those steps have been taken. And so I was delighted to see that NDP is committed to fulfilling all of the uh, uh, recommendations of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Um, Obviously, the first place we have to start is by making sure the 50 communities that still have no drinking water have drinking water. I can't believe we still have to say that, uh, but we do. And we're going to fight for that drinking water. It's long overdue and it's ridiculous uh, that that people don't have clean drinking water. Uh, Of course, when I was on the school board, I also know there were gross inequalities when it came to uh, funding for education on reserve as opposed to in the rest of our classrooms across the province of Alberta. Those inequalities need to be addressed and we spoke to that uh, in the TRC. Uh, of course, personally, I've done I've done quite a bit when it comes to uh, working on reconciliation. Uh, I, I don't want to over, you know, over speak there. I, I think there's always more to be done. Uh, but, you know, I have been working 
uh, in the community to make sure that yeah, housing in particular uh, is addressed, as I mentioned earlier, you know, raising money to make sure that there's affordable housing, uh, specifically uh, supporting Indigenous communities, Indigenous women and girls, and, and making sure that we uh, find safe spaces for everybody. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, the NDP is very committed to uh, working on the, the many issues that are leading to missing and murdered Indigenous women. And I, I share that commitment. You know, I have I have uh, a passion for that. I have um, family members, uh, you know, who are actually uh, missing to me right now, uh, who are Indigenous, and I, I want to find them and make them, you know, make sure that they're safe. And so, you know, I have that personal commitment. And of course, uh, from a policy perspective, I think there's much that can be done across the country to, uh, to make uh, murdered and missing uh, Indigenous uh, women and girls, uh, hopefully a, th- a thing of the distant past, because it is all too present right now for many of us. So I have many friends that I've I've talked to that they are reluctant to to vote NDP because they think that Jagmeet Singh doesn't have a chance of winning the federal election. They want to vote for Liberal because they feel that that has a better chance of winning. What do you say to that line of thinking? I think it's really important that people look at where they're living, and you know th- there there are those who. Uh, will always say, <laughs> you know, they'll always say, oh, you don't have a chance of winning or you don't have a chance of winning, right? But of course, what purpose does that serve, right? And, and here we have this democratic institution that uh, is, is, is better served by people voting for their heart and their conscience and voting uh, in keeping with their beliefs. And uh, if everybody is just sitting around the table wondering what everybody else thinks, uh, you know, uh, where, where does that lead us? It's not a very strong system of government, right? And it's not a very strong democracy if we're just voting based on, you know, what we think is going to be the latest trends. Uh, I think what we have to do is follow our heart, our instincts, make sure that we're we're voting for a leader with integrity. I think I hear at the doors every day that Jimmy Singh has incredible integrity. People see that in them. They know that he's a strong leader. Um, they recognize that he's he's unique. He has had a very different experience uh, than our other party leaders. You know, he has grown up with you know experiences of of racism. He understands. Uh, many of the issues that people across Canada are facing right now. And I think people see a strong leader in him. So, no, I'm not concerned about this, um, this notion that, you know, uh, he's not running to win. I think Jamie's clearly running to win. And, uh, and at the end of the day, he's running to serve and he's running to serve people, the people of Canada, and he's running to serve them well. And I, I'll get behind that any day. And I know here in Edmonton Centre, we're currently represented by five NDP MLAs. And so the notion that NDP can't win in Alberta. I think that Rachel Notley put that notion to bed <laughs> a few years ago. People used to say that about Rachel and boy, were they wrong. So I, I just don't buy into that rhetoric. I think that's fear mongering and I think it's, uh, it, it doesn't serve our democracy well. For sure. Always vote your heart. Cause that's, you know, that's what matters the most is voting with integrity, strategic voting. I don't think. I don't think that's strategic at all, actually. No, I mean, the, uh, there's one notion of strategic voting that I am working hard on right now. And I'll tell you what that is. It's getting to the doors. And I tell people every day, you know, I'm at the doors nine hours a day, you know, and I have been for probably about a month now. And I'll, I will be until election day because I want people to be able to vote their hearts. But I want them to also know that I am working hard 
And as I work hard, it is quite clear that I will be the strategic vote uh, because I'm going to be the hardest working candidate on the, uh, you know, in the campaign. And, and so that notion of strategy, if you want to strategically align your vote with the hardest working candidate, you know, go right ahead. <laughs> that also means they're probably going to work hard for you in Ottawa, right? So, uh, so I think it all depends what you mean by strategic voting and, uh, and in Edmonton Center, you know, we have quite a mix here of, of folks. There are people who are, who are planning to vote for me um, because they see that I care about renewables and they previously voted for the Greens, but they, they know they can have a home with the NDP right now. Uh, and there are people who are planning to vote for me who previously voted for the Conservatives who are, who are shocked and appalled by the cuts that Conservatives are making to health care. Um, they feel really uh, violated by that. And so they're finding a home uh, with the NDP. And there are people who previously voted with, for the Liberals, and ultimately they're so so sick and tired of the broken promises, the promises of electoral reform, the promises of pharmacare, and they're finding a home with the NDP because they know that we're going to follow through on those promises. And so it doesn't matter to me when people say strategic voting, I always say which kind, right? Because, <laughs> because uh, there's a, a wide variety of strategic voting and many people uh, are coming from all over the political spectrum to find a home with the NDP for various reasons. For sure. What advice do you have to people, regardless of their political persuasion, when it comes to voting? When it comes to voting, uh, I think that, well, I mean, obviously the most important thing is to vote. I'm always the most discouraged when I meet people who actually don't get out to vote. And I, I'm really sad about that because I think uh, that's how uh, poor governance happens. And then those people are not well served. Uh, so obviously, I just want to encourage everybody to get out to vote. Uh, and I think when going to vote, it's really important to think about, you know, who who is a strong advocate for you and for your neighbors, and who is going to give voice to your primary concerns, you're never going to find a candidate who aligns with you on 100% of the issues. But if you can find someone where you're like, okay, here are my top three issues, <laughs> you know, healthcare, education, and climate change, for example, I hear at the doors daily. Uh, if you find someone who aligns with you on those and is going to push hard and is a strong advocate and has a strong history and track record of advocating for their neighbors and your, you know, your neighbors on that issue, uh, then get out and vote for them. And, and I hope in Edmonton Centre people will recognize that in me and, and be uh, comfortable uh, you know, supporting my candidacy, knowing that I will advocate for my neighbors uh, well in Ottawa. For sure. Where can people go to find out more about you and about your campaign? Oh, that's a very good question. I'm just going to grab my little leaflet here to make sure I don't accidentally <laughs> give the wrong information. So our phone number is 780-566-9070. Of course, I am at the doors, you know, about nine to 12 hours a day. So you'll probably get my manager, but he's a pro and he can always set us up on a phone call uh, sometime in that in that knock period. Uh, my email is heather.mckenzie and McKenzie spelled M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E at ndp.ca. And you can check out my website. It's uh, ndp.ca slash Heather McKenzie. Again, McKenzie's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E. There are two Heathers running here in Edmonton, so don't get confused. Uh, although we are friends, we used to work together at the Alberta Council for Global Cooperation. So uh, whether you throw your support behind Heather McPherson or me, we'll both be happy to have your support, uh, even if you get a little confused between our names. So, <laughs> uh, And we'll, we'll definitely um, champion your issues. If you're wanting to donate, volunteer, or take a lawn sign, 
definitely hit that website or give us a call and, uh, you know, we can engage you in the campaign in that way. The momentum is building daily. So I would be happy to have everybody all aboard on the, on the, uh, orange, the orange wave that's happening here in Edmonton. It's, it's pretty exciting to recreate that magic from 2015 provincially at the federal level. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned Heather McPherson. She's great. I've met Blake Desjardins. You guys are all great. Best of luck to all of you. And thanks again for, for joining me. Thanks, Sierra. And yeah, I agree. We have an amazing, amazing crew of candidates here at Edmonton and right across the country. So very inspirational. I appreciate you having me on your podcast here. Take care. Bye. Last but not least, let's talk about barefooting. My barefoot adventures this week included a double date to the movies with my boyfriend, his friend, and the friend's girlfriend. This was my first time meeting said friend's girlfriend, and my boyfriend forgot to mention the whole barefoot thing to her beforehand, so this was an interesting experience to quickly explain to her that yes, it is actually allowed to go into the theater barefoot. She works at a mall where the security guards have been very strict about enforcing social distancing rules, and I guess she thought shoes would be a part of that, but it's not. Everything was fine. We saw Free Guy, and it was hilarious. That's all for this week's episode. I'll be back next week with an interview with Gabrielle Batiste, who's running for Edmonton City Council, representing Ward O'Damon. Thanks so much for listening in. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to sierrathebarefootgirl at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at sierrathebarefoot, on Facebook as sierrathebarefootgirl, on Twitter at sierrabarefoot, and on TikTok at sierraisbarefoot. You can follow the podcast itself on Instagram at barefootingwithsierra. All of my books are available on Amazon. My comics are available on Instagram, at World of Possums, on Facebook, Possum Pete Comics, and at patreon.com slash possumpete. Thank you to Legion X for the intro and outro music. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening, and please share it with a friend if you've enjoyed it. Until next time, this has been Barefooting with Sierra.